Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth on Now You Know. Sponsored this week by A Better Route Planner. Software in your EV that can get you where you want to go as fast as you want with as much charge as you need. They've had over 6 million routes planned, you know. That's... That's a lot. It's a lot. And brought to you by EcoWear.us. That's our clothing company. Mm -hmm. um, that we've got new designs going up every week, and they are carbon neutral. So we offset the carbon from the manufacturer to the delivery to the life cycle, and we plant a tree for every purchase. So Neuralink, I stayed up pretty late the other night to try and learn about this thing, and it was blowing my mind. Right? Did you get a chance to watch? I I was awake and I was ready to watch it, and it said that the live stream will begin shortly. And then I waited about 10 minutes and the live stream began shortly and I fell and I fell right asleep because it, it started like an hour after it was supposed to start and that was past Jesse's bedtime. Yeah, and I think Elon was busy watching the uh, Starhopper Boca Chica, Texas uh, static fire. Right. And probably had to push back the Neuralink because he kept tweeting like, we'll start shortly. Right. And this was a really exciting live stream. They talked a lot about what uh, Neuralink is, and I think that we should, before we get any further, we should just talk about what Neuralink is. Yeah, it's this startup company owned by Elon, mm -hmm. uh, started in 2016, has about 90 to 100 employees. It's worth about, I think, $158 million, of which Elon has invested about $100 million. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, what's, their, what's the point of this company? So the point is that they are developing an interface between computers and brains which is something that we sort of have. As, as Elon kind of puts it, we have an interface between computers and brains. It's a keyboard. It's a mouse. Right. It's your thumbs on your phone. Um, and so what they're trying to do is to make that a lot better because right now, if you're to you know look up something or type up something, you have to do it through your fingers. There's hardly any other, unless you're using your nose, there's no other way to get that stuff done. So what they've done is they've developed a chip that will go in your brain yeah it's really finally crazy. after all this time where i'm like man i just wish i had a chip in my brain they're going to develop it yeah well they've developed it yeah it's, right. it's the n1 and just to give you kind of a quick overview um it's four millimeters by six millimeters mm -hmm. so really tiny and off of this chip as you see here are a thousand and twenty four little strands there's they're thinner than a human hair each right. one and what happens with these strands so those little threads implanted right into your brain, um, right next to neurons in your brain so that it can actually interface with your brain. Not only can it read what the neurons are doing, it can actually fire neurons in your brain. Okay, now slow down one second. Yes. You said that uh, those little threads could put in your brain. How do they get put in your brain? So this is the crazy part. Not only did they make the chip, and they, you know, they didn't just roll out the chip and they're like, we made a chip! They also made a method to put them in because these threads are so small that you can't just like be picking them up with your fingies and try and stick them in your head <laughs> holes you know no 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 they need special robots to do this so they developed a robot that will put these little teeny tiny threads in your brain without hitting any blood vessels this includes you know with you alive you right, know awake. so with your heartbeat right. um, and with you breathing which is crazy yeah, it's like a sewing machine robot, basically. Right. Um, and it places them, and, and they make a very tiny hole in your skull. Like, mm -hmm. So one of the presenters at Neuralink was a brain surgeon who works for Neuralink, and he was saying that basically right now, if you need to have brain surgery, it's not a very comfortable thing, right? I mean, they got to cut open your skull. Well, first they put your head in a vice. Right. 
and they clamp down on it to make sure that it doesn't go anywhere while right. they're working on it. Um, and yeah, and then they need to cut your head open. Right. And look at your brain. And that's not safe. No, that I mean, there is a lot of risk in just cutting your head open, right? right. I mean, duh. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure most of you at home are like, yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. Not only is it, you know, the risk of infection and all sorts of stuff just from opening your skull, there's also a risk that once they put in the electrodes, um, that your brain is going to reject them and that that might cause infection as well and that there might be neurological damage in your brain from these electrodes. Now, when I'm saying electrodes, I mean the current technology electrodes, not right. what Neuralink is working on. Basically, there's a one in 100 chance that something could go wrong just with the electrodes in the brain. Dr. Matthew McDougall, who was explaining this, was basically saying that um, no one today wants to have brain surgery. It's not, it, it's it's a horrible, horrible procedure. Right. Um, and the best that we have today could put 10 electrodes into your brain. What can the N1 chip do? So the N1 chip, as we said before, has 1,024 little strands, electrodes, that will go into your brain and you could fit about 10 of these chips in your head. So 10 times 1,000, 10,000 uh, plus 24 times 10, which is 240. So uh, 10,240 electrodes in your brain, which is a thousand times more electrodes than the current technology. Right. This from a company that started essentially two years ago. Right. And you mentioned that there's this chip that these are attached to. Mm -hmm. That little chip would go in the hole that they made to attach the electrodes in the first place. Mm -hmm. Then you cover that hole up. So now there's no wire sticking out of your head. That is a wireless, basically use Bluetooth mm -hmm. to talk to a transmitter receiver behind your ear. Um, and that is it. Like, I, I was expecting, like, this giant skull cap, and then, like, you have to remove half your skull and, like, stick this thing on your head, or or a thing that would clamp onto my, like, the base of my brain. Right. I was expecting it to be, like, the Matrix, where they have this big thing that you, like, plug out of right. your head. But no, it's, yeah, a bunch of small chips all, all in your head. And, and, you know, part of me was thinking with Neuralink, like, oh, maybe it's, like, a cap you'll wear. So the reason that they don't have a cap is that you can't be that accurate with just like on top of your skull reading your brain activity. Now, of course, there are uh, lots of studies that you might see where they put on that, that brain cap and that can measure, you know, brain activity in certain regions of your brain, which is very useful for certain types of, of scientific uh, discovery, but it doesn't get down to the neuron level. Right, and let's just talk about neurons firing for a second. Mm -hmm. So basically, as Elon said, you know, there's that idea of like a brain in a jar. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're kind of, he said, you are kind of a brain in a jar. Like <laughs> right. you, you, you experience love and hate and, and rain and all these things. But basically, you, your brain's experiencing them through neurons that fire on or off. Right. He said, basically, your, your skull is the vat that your brain is sitting on. Right. Once you can uh, turn on a neuron, like fire it, or you can listen to one that's been fired, you can start to learn about how the brain works. And I think this is a really cool point here is that Elon's not some evil scientist who's like, we've invented this thing, we want to control humans. He's saying this is a tool that we're going to open up to researchers and to hospitals and to universities around the world so that as you begin to put these into people and you begin to learn how different parts of the brain work, we're all going to get smarter about how the brain works. Because there's this interesting point that Professor Jeff Lichtman makes uh, when he's teaching his students about the brain. He says, if everything you need to know about the brain is a mile, how far have we walked in this mile? 
And, you know, many of his students would say like, I don't know, a half a mile. Oh, 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 uh, 50 yards. He says three inches. That's not a lot. I mean, I've walked a mile and I've walked three inches before. And yeah, we, those are two completely different We things. barely know anything about the brain. Right. Um, it's, it's a huge mystery to us. And by being able to get in there and actually start to listen to electrodes and fire them, and we're going to learn a lot about the brain. Now, you might be asking, okay, why is Elon doing this? Right. right? He wants this computer brain interface. What is he, crazy billionaire? He wants to control people. Well, his first answer is he wants to help people who have brain injuries, mm-hmm. people who either had like a spinal cord injury or some other brain injury where maybe they're a quadriplegic and they can't control their limbs. Um, in that scenario... In theory, you could insert this N1 sensor, right? Mm-hmm. And what could you do? It would be able to pick up the neurons that would fire that would say, like, move arm to do this, right? And it would pick, you know, pick up those neurons. And then you, through computers, you could either have it control your actual arm. You know, you'd have some kind of, uh, you know, receiver that would say, oh, the, the brain is telling me to move my arm. And then all of a sudden, you can move your arms again, which would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, in theory, we you know this. It's not like they're doing it right now. Right. What they've developed is the technology to basically be able to find those neurons, be able to have those neurons talk to you. Because as of yesterday, nobody thought that you were going to be able to do that, or that it was going to take twenty five years to get to the point where we are now today. You know, talking about Neuralink with this technology. Yeah, I mean, as uh, scientist Philip Sabas said, who works for Neuralink, it's it's not easy, right? You don't just fire this neuron and then like my finger goes up or something. There's a lot of noise that you have to kind of read in between. And mm-hmm. so it's gonna take a lot of coding. Let's get to the point of this. The whole reason for this Neuralink announcement live stream was that Elon said, this is to attract smart people to come work for the company. Right. They're a tiny company. I mean, 90 employees is nothing. For a startup, really. Very small, yeah. And especially for doing something for two years, and especially making the astounding progress that they have in two years. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Yes. The chip that they have now, the N1, that's the seventh iteration. They This is the seventh chip in two years. Seventh chip in two years means that they've been creating a new chip every three months, which usually takes a year or more to to create a new chip. Right. So they are moving at absolutely lightning fast pace. Yeah. And I'm just like, it just blows my mind how far they've come, not only in like the chip design, um, but also in being able to come up with these threads. Because let's talk about the threads for a second. Yeah. Right now, if you put an electrode in your brain, uh, before I was talking about how there could be problems um, with having this electrode stuck in your brain. The problem is that the electrodes that we use today say if you go in for brain surgery, um, they're going to stick electrodes in your brain that are a lot bigger. Therefore, they're going to be a lot less bendy. Right. So they're not going to, you know, go, you know, move around with your brain, which right. means that your brain is going to, you know, your body is going to say... Intruder, this, this, fight, yeah, fight this. Fight this. There's, you know, something stuck in my brain. Right. Kill it. That is where a big problem is when you're putting electrodes in people's brains. So what they've done is they've developed this technology crazy amount of work in this technology to create such thin wires. We're talking like 25 microns. And one of the problems with such a thin wire, as they pointed out, is that as you get thinner and thinner, you get more and more noise. Signal to noise ratio gets worse Mm -hmm. because there's nothing to block any kind of stray signals from getting into this wire. So their receivers have to be better and better at figuring out, was that noise or was that a signal? Right. Um, Crazy 
problems on each end of this equation, right? And as Matt Hodak, the president of Neuralink said, when, when Elon asked him to start this, Matt was like, I've always wanted to do this, but I didn't think it was possible. And I told Elon all these reasons why I didn't think it was possible. And Elon basically said to him, unless you've got some physical reason, some, you know, a first principle reason why this can't happen, shut up and do it, is right. basically what he said to him. And this is so similar to how Elon runs all of his companies, whether it be Tesla or yep. SpaceX or Neuralink, where he's basically just like, if there is no physics, you know, if you can't point to a physics phenomenon that would prevent this from happening, then there's a way to do it. So either we're going to find a new physics phenomenon that prevents you from doing right. this specific task, or you're going to accomplish the task. And, and I want to point out that these threads are one-tenth the cross-section of a human hair, okay? Mm -hmm. About the same size as an actual neuron. Right. And the needle is 24 microns in diameter. It's understandable that if you were beginning to think about this, you'd be like, well, I don't even know how we're going to build a machine. How begin right. to like, think about that? Right. Like, it's hard enough to make a sewing machine, let alone <laughs> this machine. Right. Like, and I mean, it's amazing the progress that they've made. And I think that Elon has a lot to do with it because he is such an optimist and not in an optimist in like a, oh, I hope this will work in like a, it'll work, make it work. You do the work, do the work. Let's, come on, let's go, let's make it work. Well, it, he's not like a, you know, he's not a cynic. He's not like, oh, I'll probably never work. And he's not, you know, one of these like hopeful like, oh. Right, he's not a Pollyanna. He, he knows that if you get enough smart people in a room right. and you give them just like incentive to do it, that you can get things done. I, I just... I was amazed when they showed a timeline. They showed that in 1957, the first cochlear implant was put in to help people hear. 1997 was the deep brain stimulation for Parkinson's. Uh, 2002 was a brain machine interface for monkeys. And basically since then, the best thing that we have so far is the Utah array, which again is just 10 electrodes. I, st I was just stunned that this company in two years has done more research and more work than anybody else in the field now on twitter there was plenty of people in the field that were like i'm not surprised this is for i was expecting this but it's like why were you expecting this i mean i've been following elon i i i'm always amazed by what he does and i was still just blown out of my seat this makes i mean i have to be honest it makes everyone in the field look a little like wh what were you doing yeah what were you yeah exactly <laughs> I, I was writing a paper on the no you weren't you know you weren't going to Neuralink every day right and busting your ass trying to get this stuff done right is is the answer right because these people were seriously seriously working their butts off to get this accomplished and and if you're sitting there saying well you know whatever they probably tested it in some rats yeah they tested it in some rats they actually have a monkey um which elon let out let out of the bag at the end of the thing that said basically they, they put this in a monkey and the monkey can control software with its brain now they're saying in 2020, they would like to have their first patient. Now, obviously, to have a patient, you have to go through FDA trials. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be easy. They have to prove it's safe, and of course they should. But to think that a company that didn't exist three years ago is possibly going to have their first actual patient next year is incredible. And what's amazing to me is that there are people out there who might be some of the first patients, who might be quadriplegic, who might have severe brain injuries, mm -hmm. who might be blind. And with this N1 sensor, might be able to then control their limbs again, might be able to see again. Right. Let's just talk about blindness for a second. Mm -hmm. If you can stimulate the neurons in part of your brain that would 
would be normally what would be stimulated with your eyes, you can take a person who's blind, whose eyes don't work, and actually allow them to see with a camera. So this theoretically could be life-changing for people. Oh, absolutely. And this is just one thing is helping people with, uh, you know, problems with their brains. I think that the other reason that Elon started the company, I think the, the main reason why he started the company was that Elon sees the future um, of AI being problematic. Right. He, you know, he thinks that if AI gets smart enough to where, you know, it can beat us at poker and it can beat us at chess and it can beat us at go and it can, you drive know, drive cars. And if it can drive cars, that pretty soon um, you could potentially develop an AI that could do something uh, bad using a lot of intelligence, but maybe not like a lot of good intent. Right. And so what he wants to do, I mean, he started OpenAI as well, which is a completely separate company. We're not even mentioning or talking about that, but you can Google it. But what he wants to do is he accepts that this future is a possibility where AI could, you know, essentially go beyond where humans can go with our brains. And what he wants is for us to be able to connect with it. He likes to say, you know, we already have this, right? There's already this second, this other layer of your brain. You know, he talks about the limbic system of like, you know, that's the, the deeper part of your brain that's sort of in the center of your brain developed first. And then we have the, the cortex that goes around your brain in the, in the frontal cortex where we do a lot of our, our human thinking, our, our actual logic and reasoning. And then we have this other layer, which kind of looks like this, right? right? It's got a big screen to interface with our eye holes, right? And it's got speakers so we can hear it and we can touch it and it'll vibrate sometimes. That way our, our touch senses will work. But this is the best connection that we really have. Right. We could reach a point where we have, we're all transcendent through this sort of technology where our brains could interface with the internet, could interface with computers and your life would look very vastly different. And I know a lot of you out there are saying right now, like, stop, stop, stop. That's, <laughs> that's bad. That's not what I want. I don't want that. That's bad. We don't want I that. I like reading newspapers in my easy chair. Right. And that's fine. And right. I mean, that's what I think humans have always had to deal with. So, I mean, when you'd have a monk who would write out a book and it would take 20 days to write, you know, one book, and then you got to the printing press where you could make a bunch of books in a day. And now we have, you know, digital presses where we can send out just a web web book, you know, to right. and infinite billions of people. Of people can open that book. Right? And so if we had explained that to a monk that, you know, well, you know, that book that took you 20 days, we can there, 20 million people <laughs> Bam, have it right now. Exactly. It would have been mind-blowing, and he probably would have been like, well, I don't want that. You know, like, I'll lose my job, and, uh, who, you know, that, that's crazy. And this is crazy. But just because we can't picture exactly all the implications doesn't mean it's not how we're evolving. Right. And, and I'm not trying to downplay the problems that could arise. Maybe you could hack into someone's brain and mind control them to do bad things, Right. I'm not saying that that's not a possibility, but we need to learn. We need to figure out all of this stuff because right. if we don't do it, somebody will. Right. Okay. And if it's not Neuralink, who? Right? right. There could be someone who had bad intentions who wants to develop this technology. Well, and I just want to talk about people who have brain injuries for a second mm -hmm. because I want to go back to that. Um, Elon said one of their big goals here is to make this a wearable unit. So this isn't something that'll only work if you go into a hospital and spend three hours getting attached and now for two hours it works and then you go home. He wants this to be a wearable thing. You get it installed and then it's part of your life. And so it will work immediately with an iPhone app. And then basically you'll learn how to start 
you know, interfacing with it. And then you'll start to use it with a keyboard and then you'll, you know, it'll become a part of your life. And I think that if you are experiencing brain injury now, this is an exciting technology, right? You know, you might be saying to yourself, okay, it has a iPhone app. Who cares? A iPhone app? Like what, what are they playing? You know, words with friends? Uh, no, a lot of the help and assistance that people need, people with brain injuries, is pressing buttons, right? Right, is just to work their smartphone. And so, if they could text or call somebody, that would be huge. Right. Just being able to, or you know, on the computer, just being able to control a mouse and keyboard, if you can't use your arms, is pretty hard. Right. So this would be a way to just instantly increase the the quality of life of these people and increase the the value that they can bring well, to society and to that point uh, the question was asked of elon at the end how is this going to be affordable like how are you going to make money doing this and as elon said if you have a brain injury you might be in hospice you might need you know dozens of people to take care of you every day it's a huge cost to society and you can't probably do much in society yourself you probably aren't productive anymore if we can fix those brain problems then th that person is no longer costing society anything in fact they're back to being productive again right it's like the cure for polio it's like the cure for basically any disease right? right suddenly instead of you you know dying or you you know being completely disfigured from rickets or something as soon as we realize like oh you need this in order to uh you know be a, a person that can that can produce things and, and be a member of society who's productive society as a whole benefits greatly Right. To the other point, if you don't have an injury, but you want to use this uh, to kind of be, have superhuman intelligence, Elon said, you know, if you took out a loan to get this installed, he said, I'm pretty sure you could pay back that loan pretty quickly with your new superhuman intelligence. I think a lot of people are going to choose to get this installed for the intelligence layer that they're going to get. As you pointed out, uh, animals on Earth started with like a reptilian brain that couldn't do much more than just run their bodies. Mm -hmm. And then we got... Uh, more and more layers to our brain so that now we have this new layer, right? It's a huge part of our brain, which is the frontal lobe, and it lets us have emotions. And so this is going to be kind of like a new layer on top of that where we can uh, process things even faster. Right. And unlike our physical brain, luckily, uh, we don't have to, like, d develop it. Well, I guess we're developing it now. So it's this is sort of the, right. if you want to go, like, evolution-wise, like, you know, humans are weird because we are, like, born without a lot of this function, right? Which is why we right. have children who need to be raised for so long. Right. I mean, it would be even, I mean, I have no idea. I'm not a brain surgeon or know anything about brains, but I mean, like, imagine for a moment if you, you could do a brain, you know, put these into a child's brain and then suddenly give them, you know, the same prefrontal cortex ability as like an adult. And so now you have a little, you know, five-year-old who can think like an adult. <laughs> I mean, just how weird, I mean, like... All those people who were just saying no are just going, no! <laughs> right. Well, I'm just, I'm just like, but like... No, I know. It's, it, it's like the possibilities are endless. Are crazy. Well, and I want to get back to the, the actual physics of this chip and stuff, right? right? Okay, it's a, it takes 900 nanoseconds for it to do a com computation, which is faster than your brain. They came up with a chip that's faster at thinking of something than your brain could think. So it won't be like, okay, now the chip told me to do something now. No, it's fast. The other thing is they had to come up with a very low power consumption because it has to run off a battery. So this chip uses 6.6 .6 microwatts 
of power. Now, to give you some context, your brain uses about 20 watts of power. And the closest we've been able to come with a computer that can do the same as a brain uses 24 megawatts of power. That's 24 million watts. Now, I mean, this is just sort of an interface, right? Right. The, between the things. So right. we're not saying that, like, that is no, no, the no. crazy thing. But I mean, like, it's amazing that it's actually able to interface with your brain without needing to, like, plug into a power socket or right. anything. It can run off a battery. It's so exciting. There's so much to think about here. Like, it's a real thinker. Like, it's, oh, not, yeah. like, it's not like this may, suddenly made your life a lot simpler. But it could, right? If, if there's a little calculator thing in there, finally I can, like, do basic addition in my head. Well, and it got me thinking there's so much to learn about how Elon approaches problems. I mean, he approached rockets and cars and battery storage and now brains. Is, is that his approach is what's so ingenious. And the purpose of his approach. Because right. he didn't do this just because he thought that it would be cool. Or to make money. Right. He did this. He did basically all the things that he did in order to reach this future that he has in his mind. A future where we are a multi-planetary species. And so he started Tesla to, you know, make solar panels and electric cars to prevent global warming, which he sees as, like, problematic for the future of humanity. SpaceX to get us to the stars. And Neuralink to basically, and, oh, and OpenAI, to prevent uh, AI from taking over the world and killing all of us like Terminator. Right. This is a guy who's thinking quite a few steps ahead. Yeah. Now, to your point that you were saying earlier that, you know, if anyone else is in this field right now, it's kind of like, what's been taking you so long? Mm. If you're working for another company or a, a college somewhere and you're working on this problem, Elon wants you to work for him. Right. I mean, you should apply. Go to Neuralink.com. There's a place to apply. There's dozens of jobs here. You can mm -hmm. see like in almost every field. Mm -hmm. um, they need you because this company is growing because if they're innovating this fast, before we know it, they're going to have very usable chips to put in people's brains, which, yes, it is big business. I mean, there's plenty of people out there who need this just from a brain injury point of view, right. not to mention how many people would pay to have superhuman intelligence. Yep. It's pretty exciting stuff. Until the until the Wi-Fi went down. That would be... <laughs> the only thing that gave me pause was that it's going to be run on Bluetooth. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, Bluetooth. Bluetooth sucks. You know? <laughs> Maybe it's some better version of Bluetooth that we Maybe he should start a new com company like... Uh, Red Tooth. <laughs> Blue Link. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate you being here. And uh, if you would think about supporting us on Patreon, we would really appreciate it because that's how we keep our shows going. Thank you for watching. Now, now you know. know.